1: The Patriot, WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Intelligent Radio, fueled by Lucky's Station.
2: With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. Russia's defense ministry says the Syrian city of Raqqa, formerly the self-declared capital of ISIS, has been devastated as much as Dresden in World War II and accuses the U.S. and its coalition partners of barbaric bombardment. The U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic Forces claimed Friday to have taken control of Raqqa. Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe says results from national elections indicate that voters support his policies and want to see his political leadership continue. Japanese media projecting shortly after polls closed Sunday that Abe's liberal Democratic Party would win a clear majority and might even retain their two-thirds majority in the lower house of parliament. The fate of Bo Bergdahl rests in a judge's hands now that the army sergeant has pled guilty to endangering his comrades by leaving his post in Afghanistan in 2009. Sentencing for Bergdahl starts Monday at Fort Bragg. For more details on these stories, srnnews.com.
1: Larry Elder brings you intelligent talk each weekday evening here on AM 1280, The Patriot. And now you can join the conversation in person this Tuesday. We're sold out of general admission, and only a few VIP tickets remain for An Evening with Elder. Get yours before they're gone at am1280thepatriot.com. An Evening with Elder, supported by Lucky Station and AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. Intelligent Intelligent Radio.
3: radio. If you want news coverage you won't get anywhere else, Stay tuned right here. It's the Narn with Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Before we hit to that, though, a quick update from the Blue Ox, Eating Air Weather Center. Today, a high of 62 degrees in sunny skies, a high of 59 with showers likely in the morning and then clouds after that. And then, unfortunately, all the way down to 48 is the high and mostly sunny for Tuesday. Stay tuned. to the Narn with Brad Carlson on AM 1280, The Patriot.
4: Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-3,
1: 2-1. We have Linda. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280, the Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson.
5: And the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into the show today. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take your phone calls at 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via text message. That number six five one two four three zero three nine zero. 651 243 0390. Ending it away in via Twitter at hashtag narn. That's hashtag n a r n. For any comments, questions regarding today's show content. Thank you as always for tuning in on this uh, beautiful fall Sunday. Uh, according to uh, crackboard Board op Brandon's weather forecast, may not have a whole lot of those left uh, for 2017. So I guess enjoy it while you can, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of uh, national political news taking place this past week, and uh, I, even if I had uh, my second hour of the show back, <coughs> ended, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I could adequately cover it all. There is so much going on, and whenever there is myriad national political news taking place, I always like to uh, give a uh, reach out to our show's National Political wonk Matt McCoviac Mac. as I can never emphasize enough, has always been very generous with his time on this program. We wanted to call in to Matt uh, have him talk about like I say myriad issues that have taken place on the national political scene this past week and by the way uh, feel free to check out his uh, fantastic podcast Mac on Politics that's M-A-C-K Mac on Politics dot com for the latest and greatest podcasts that Matt conducts with uh, some of the heavy hitters in politics today and as always we uh, appreciate Matt's time Uh, Matt Makowiak I guess uh, welcome back to the Northern Alliance Radio Network good to have you on the show sir Hey,
6: thanks, Brad. Thanks
5: so much, Glad to be with you, uh, Matt. I guess we'll uh, get started off uh, as kind of has been custom in the uh, in the Trump administration. A story that can be rather explosive that shouldn't last more than a day or two ends up being dragged out for right. a week. And obviously, uh, a lot of the onus can be placed on President Trump. Let's be honest for his uh, insistence on responding to every criticism and what he perceives as misinformation uh, via Twitter. I guess we'll start off with this particular kerfuffle, where he had made a call to the widow of uh, Sergeant Ledavid Johnson. Uh, Sergeant Johnson was killed in an operation in Niger as part of the Special Forces, and Representative uh, Frederica Wilson apparently had overheard this call, was a part of the call. I, that part, I guess, is murky, saying that President Trump was rather cold and callous and essentially told the widow, well, you, he knew what he signed up for. Uh what, I guess looking back now, Matt, and you having worked in the, in politics, what would have been the best way to possibly address something like this? Because far from knowing what the context of the call is, the president could have easily indicated that, hey, look, uh, Representative Wilson's uh, claim is uh, absent context and left at that, but he just isn't able to just leave it at that, Matt McGoviak.
6: Yeah, Brad, that's right. Uh, look, th- there are no winners in this this particular story. Yes. Um, I don't think anyone really covered themselves in glory. Um, on the one hand, you know, I think it, it, I thought it was I thought it was uh, irresponsible for this member of Congress to be the one characterizing a private call between the President of the United States and a gold uh, Star family member. Uh, and honestly, the member of Congress probably should have said, you know, don't put it on speaker let me let you have your private call to the President of the United States in a very somber and solemn moment. But once that call was over, this member of Congress felt like it was important that, that she let people know that, that there was one line in the call that she thought was inappropriate. Without the context, we don't know sure. uh, what was said. I, I don't doubt that Trump uh, articulated uh, poorly something he wanted to convey. Um, it, it's entirely possible he was trying to say that, that all members. Of our military uh, take on this, this tremendous risk when they sign up for military service, and we're grateful for that level of sacrifice, uh, but he doesn't always have the, the right words mm-hmm. to convey exactly what he wants to say, particularly on these Gold Star family calls, which is obviously something that he had absolutely no experience with, having never worked in the government or never having worked in the military. Um, but what's but your point, to your question, I guess I could have just answered your question specifically, um, this is... You know this is another study in the psychology of donald trump right mm-hmm. and we've all become psychological experts about him over the past two years given the you know tremendous media coverage he's gotten both as a candidate and now as president
5: sure
6: um think about how this started brad it started because he was asked and made he was made defensive about having not called the family members of the four fallen uh, in Niger. it had been uh, almost two weeks since they died and he hadn't either written a letter or, or made a call and so When he is made defensive, he lashes out, and he he uses different ways to do that. In this case, he uh, felt the need to compare his calling and writing uh, fallen members and their families uh, uh, to his predecessors. And it sounds like he had literally just talked to his chief staff, four-star Marine General John Kelly, who himself is also a Gold Star parent, uh, and and that that Kelly had told him that Obama didn't call him. Mm. So he had that piece of information. He went into this press conference, which was, I think, with uh, I think it was the prime minister of Greece, uh, and he was he was caught probably somewhat off guard about Niger, and he was asked, you know, why haven't you done something you should have already done? And he got defensive about it, and he pulled out this piece of information that General Kelly had given him. I think that what's clear to me is that um, I, look, I think part of this is that he's so inexperienced with some of the sort of uh, traditional ways that presidents of the United States operate, particularly in the Um, uh, how would I call it? What would I I use to describe them? Um, Sort of required aspects of the presidency that are not really partisan or ideological or legislative or even really executive, but they're just sort of standard things that we expect President of the United States to do. Uh, he He doesn't have a tremendous amount of experience with that. And so, in fact, I think General Kelly even said on Thursday that the president talked to him and said, listen, I really don't know how to do these Gold Star family calls. How, how do you do them? And General Kelly kind of went through what his former boss, General Dunford, did with him, when he called to let him know that his son had died. So this is a very – here's the thing that I take away from this more than anything else. Um, it is that these Gold Star families deserve the highest degree of respect
7: mm-hmm.
6: uh, and, and gratitude and care that we can possibly give them. And so – Look, it is, it is the right of any Gold star family to say almost anything they want about the United States, about our military, about the mission, about the government. Uh, they've earned that right by having, you know, the member of their family uh, uh, give what Lincoln called um, uh, the last and highest, uh, best sacrifice that you can give. Uh, I think it's the last measure of sacrifice, I think is what he called it, in the Gettysburg Address, uh, to the nation. And so, but but in this case, it wasn't the widow. It was a member of Congress that happened to be in the, in, in the car with her and, of course, a member of the minority party. So I, I think what's, what's truly regrettable about this, Brad, is that we have allowed Gold Star families now to be politicized mm, yes. in a way that, that, that our country has never seen before. The one exception to that was this case of Kazir Khan at the Democratic National Convention last year yep. uh, where he criticized President Trump. And I think that would have been an example of a time where President Trump, at that time candidate Trump, would have been better. Having just said, I respect the sacrifice of the Khan family, uh, I would disagree with some of the things he said, but I respect their sacrifice and wish them the best. And that's probably what he should have done here. But as we know, the president cannot handle criticism. Right. And when he gets criticized, he feels a need to, 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 to lash out at them, mostly because he believes, based on his career in New York, that if he, you, know, an attack that's, that, that's not responded to invites future attacks. And so he always wants to hit back us as hard as he gets hit. In this case, there's no value to hitting back on anyone associated with the Gold Star family and a phone call that the president makes. And I think so. I think he made a bit of a mistake there. But as I said, there are no winners in this entire story.
5: Right, right. And someone had made mention of this uh, via Twitter that hopefully, regardless of what side you're involved in in this debate, that we've realized as a nation we've kind of reached a new low and hopefully we can uh, recover from this. Because, yeah, like you said, there really are uh, no winners in this particular situation. Uh, based on that... Uh, During kind of a uh, gathering, I believe it was in the Oval Office, uh, where President Trump indicated to the media that, you know, hey, there's a pretty explosive story that came out regarding the Obama administration approving a controversial deal in 2010 uh, giving Moscow control of a large swath of American uranium. And this apparently involved some Russian officials and some kickbacks where an FBI informant gathered some pretty damning information and then was not allowed to testify. And I guess my response to that, well, you know, With all due respect, Mr. President, you uh, dragging on this story about this call with the Gold Star Widows uh, certainly didn't help matters. Of course, the media is going to cover what the president says. But uh, getting back to that story, Matt Makovic, pretty uh, damning coming out of the Obama administration, kind of having their own uh, Russian scandal regarding uh, the Russians trying to uh, get into the uh, American uranium market. I guess this may have been all part of that uh, reset button when then-Secretary of State Clinton uh, with that photo, I'll push uh, the reset button. Why don't you maybe uh, unpack this a little bit as much as you can, and what we're exactly what we're dealing with here, and what, if anything, may be investigated by the Trump uh, Justice Department going forward? Uh, Matt McCovyak.
6: Yeah, you raise a great a great question there because uh, this is always one of the challenges with the Trump White House is that sometimes they create controversies or they extend controversies. And and maybe we think about those stories just uh, in isolation, but we oftentimes don't think about them in terms of what they're crowding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did have the Senate pass a budget this week, which now puts them on a track to do tax reform before the end of the year, makes that very realistic. You had yes. the stock market hit another record high. Yep. You had you know some other some other news uh, certainly that was positive, but but you know the the, the, the national media felt the need to cover. This Gold Star family thing for the entire week. And so that did crowd a lot of this out. As you said, it crowds out this uranium story, which has been kind of kicking around um, maybe sort of the second or third tier of the national media or sort of the conservative media for the last six or nine or 12 months. But this is one of the really interesting things. And keep in mind that a big part of this is, is sort of how rich it is that Russia is now becoming a problem for the Democrats, given that they've done almost nothing but talk about Russia right. for the last year. Um, they, they, they're blaming Russia for Hillary losing. Uh, they are trying to insinuate that uh, the Trump uh, and Trump campaign were involved in collusion. Um, I have no doubt that there were a couple individuals that are going to have their own legal problems, probably Paul Manafort, uh, probably Michael Flynn. We'll see if there's one or two others. But uh, so from what I've seen so far and based on what the Senate – uh, Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr uh, said at a press conference two weeks ago, there remains no evidence of collusion. And so the Russia story on the uranium thing does go back, as you said, to the Russian reset. Uh, if you remember, um, Hillary Clinton, the Secretary of State, really wanted to reset relations with Russia uh, at that time. She met with Medvedev, uh, who was leading the country, while Putin sort of took a, a step back due to, I think, the way their government is arranged. Um, and and I think there was a naive naivete uh, with the U.S. approach to Russia at that time, and the Iranian deal was, was certainly part of that. In fact, I saw a story just in the last few days that, that, of course, Russia was contributing to the Clinton Foundation, and I don't remember the timing, whether that was while she was Secretary of State or, or just after, but there's, there's there are huge questions about whether the Iranian the deal was done with any kind of other strings attached to it in terms of, you know, contribution to the Clinton Foundation or any other uh, aspects of, of their business or their lives. Um, and so this is the challenge for the Democrats is that if Russia, you know, keep in mind, remember, you know, when Mitt Romney uh, debated uh, uh, then-President Obama uh, in 2012, Mitt Romney said he, there was a question at the debate about who the, who the, who the uh, sig- single uh most important geopolitical foe of the United States is in, in the world. And he said Russia and mm-hmm. the Democrats could not contain their contempt right. for, for, for that answer. Um, and so, and of course, you know, four short years later, they're now blaming Russia for, for the election right. uh, and, 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 and now want uh, to do everything we can to, to, fight back against the Putin regime. So there is going to be, I think, an investigation, um, you know, uh, up, up, up on Capitol Hill, uh, I think you've seen uh, Uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley take a real interest in this. There'll be other uh, committees that will investigate it as well. There's more that we definitely need to know. Why was that deal done? Russia was a geopolitical foe at the time. There's no question. Why would we transfer uranium, uh, you know, a very sensitive commodity, uh, to one of our geopolitical foes? What did we gain from it? What was the negotiation? Was there anything that we don't know? Those are the kinds of questions that we need to get to the bottom of. um, And I think it's important the government do that. 651-289-4488
5: Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. Uh, we're with Political Wonk, Matt I'm Matt, are you available to hold over for at least one more segment? I'd be delighted. Okay, want to follow up with uh, more of the uh, uh, Democrats' own Russia problem, the uranium scandal. That was uh, a great piece at TheHill.com on this this past week. We'll be back in mere moments right here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
7: To feel the day break on my face There's a blood.
8: Message and data rates may apply.
3: Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice for you. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text Water11 to 543 and check fridge filters off your to do list forever. You can get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. Even better, right now you can get your first filter free plus free shipping. Text Water11 to 543 With a huge range of brand and non brand filters available, Filters Fast is the nation's largest filter home delivery company. You can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? And why not get your first filter free? Find out how by texting WATER11 to 543-543. That's W-A-T-E-R-11 to 543-543. Policies
8: issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was
2: putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had?
1: Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263.
9: 1-800-458-3263.
8: Message and data rates may
9: apply. Sick of hair loss? Thinning hair? Bald spots? Ever thought about hair restoration? It's a life-changing decision. Thankfully, the first step is incredibly easy and absolutely free because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, is giving everyone who texts Save one one to eight five eight five zero an absolutely free information kit that reveals just how easy and affordable their permanent solution to hair loss really is. You'll see for free just how great your hair could look. Plus, when you text Save one one to eight five eight five zero, we'll also give you a gift card for two hundred fifty dollars off. Join the millions of men and women who have come to Bosley, the world world's most experienced hair restoration expert for their permanent solution to hair loss. If you've ever thought about getting your hair back, don't miss this incredible offer. We're giving away an invaluable information kit absolutely free, plus a free $250 gift card to everyone who texts SAVE11 to 85850. That's save One to 85850.
5: Welcome back, Am 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we'd like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN, hashtag NARN. Continuing our discussion with National Political Wonk, Matt Makoviak. We were referencing a story at TheHill.com talking about the uh, Obama administration approving a controversial deal in 2010 giving Moscow control of a large swath of American uranium. Uh, however, it has also been reported the FBI had gathered substantial evidence that Russian nuclear industry officials were engaged in bribery, kickbacks, extortion, and money laundering designed to grow Vladimir Putin's atomic energy business inside the United States. Okay, this, again, according to government documents and interviews. Uh, Matt, I want to kind of follow up on that story a little bit. A uh, couple of the key players that were in place at this time around 2009, 2010— Uh, The director of the FBI at that time was uh, Robert Mueller, who right now, of course, is the independent investigator looking into the uh, Russia collusion into our election last November. And uh, Rod Rosenstein was a U.S. attorney back then. He's now the deputy attorney general of the United States in the Trump administration. So a lot of kind of uh, intertwining here, Matt Mikowiak, in this particular story. Uh, How does that uh, impact any, uh, uh, I guess, uh, pertinent investigation that could possibly go forward?
6: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I guess on one level you could call it a, a coincidence. Um, on another it's you know, level, it's it's obviously um, a very interesting subplot. Um, you know, it's pretty clear to me that, that Mueller it, it has a pretty broad mandate uh, as a special counsel to investigate what was at least initially, uh, you know, Russian or France the election. It now appears to be going into different areas, which is something that often happens when you have a special counsel. Sure. In terms of perhaps financial crimes uh and perhaps other things so uh but you're right i mean this timing i, I was trying to i was during the commercial break i was going back and looking at the timing and and, and you're right i mean part of this now is goes to questions of, of what bill clinton was doing as well i think he made a five hundred thousand dollar speech in moscow in 2010 mm-hmm. uh and the hill the hill you know reported that at the time he wanted to meet with um a key board director of the russian nuclear energy firm uh, Ross so he saw a clearance from the state department which of course at that time was being run by hillary clinton i mean you know look you know sometimes sometimes you think you know the clintons are are finally in the past and and they're not affecting our national life anymore but but then they like uh you know like uh, like cockroaches in a nuclear storm they they just don't seem to die they never right. go away they always come back and and so uh there's always a complex web of of business interests and financial interests when the Clintons are involved. Um, could be there's nothing here. It could be that the, the government blessed this uranium sale uh, in every way. I, I have a hard time seeing how it would have been in the, in the critical national interest or, or national security interest of the United States that we sell uranium to Russia. I think that's something that they have to explain. Uh, and it would be good to, good to have some perhaps some Democrats on Capitol Hill explain that as well. Uh, they love going on offense on the issue of Russia as it relates to Trump. It might be nice to see them explain uh, that one. But, but again, my hope is that in a, a truly nonpartisan way, Congress or the relevant committees can investigate this and can get to the bottom of, of what, if anything, happened here, uh, particularly if there's any type of, of, of legitimate criminal uh, line of inquiry.
5: Right, and and there was, a I guess, an inf- uh, the FBI did improve of an informant that was part of this deal that was allowed to, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, enact these kickbacks in order to... Uh, uh, to further look into this particular issue and apparently this uh this informant signed a non-disclosure agreement where he was threatened with prosecution if he testified to Congress about this so this was kept from Congress so this seems to go a lot deeper than uh just whether or not this was politically the the uh right thing to do or a politically smart thing to do dealing with a geopolitical foe like russia this there was some pertinent information kept from Congress here matt McCkowiak
6: that's right. And, you know, we're going to have to we're going to have to learn quite a bit more about how this nuclear deal, uh, this this uranium deal, excuse me, was approved, who mm-hmm. was read into it. Uh, were there any false statements made to Congress? Uh, was it a sin of, of omission rather than a sin of, of, of you know, lying to Congress or lying in, in uh, reports that you filed to Congress or in, in disclosure documents? I mean, just, look, there's just a ton of questions here. We could spend three hours talking about the relevant questions. Right. Uh, That's why you need to have the relevant congressional committees go about this in a serious way. And and I'll I'll be honest with you, and I I could be wrong about this, Brad, but I don't believe I've seen many Democrats step forward and raise questions about this or say that this is a legitimate investigation that Congress needs to undertake. And and that that goes back to me to the hypocrisy, hypocrisy that we've seen on the Russia issue. I do have very serious concerns about what, what Russia was trying to do in our election, sure. their interference, and mm-hmm. I have very concerned about what that means for the future. But if you're concerned about that, then you should also be concerned about um, why the United States was selling uranium to Russia, at, you know, at, in, in, in you know several years before this, this election interference was occurring. Uh, and and, the, and obviously, you want to know more about uh, you know the circumstances of that, who was involved, and, and answer some of these questions that have been raised.
5: Uh, We do have a few more minutes left with our uh, National Political Walk, Matt Makoviak. Matt, before I let you go, I definitely want to—you did allude to this in the uh, first segment regarding the Senate uh, passing the uh, fiscal 2018 budget, which uh, uh, keeps alive the uh, opportunity, uh, the Republicans' efforts to pass uh, tax reform, which, of course, is one of the big agenda items on President Trump's agenda. I guess uh, talk about this uh, particular budget and specifically how it keeps the door open for tax reform, specifically because so many uh, Democrats are obviously, well, no Democrats uh, uh, supported this particular budget, and I highly doubt they'll support any of the Republicans' tax reform plans. So tell me how this is kept alive and uh, how it could uh, possibly get through uh, both chambers of Congress, Uh, Matt Mikowiak.
6: Yeah, so keep in mind that what's important here is the the procedure. Mm. And the procedure aspect of this uh, is that, that uh, Republicans up on Capitol Hill intend to, to use the, the, the procedure named Reconciliation to pass tax reform. Uh, that gives them a majority threshold. Otherwise, they have to get 60 votes. That would require eight Democrats to, to join them. That is never going to happen. Right. And so because of that, they have to use the budget, excuse me, which they just passed, uh, uh, to, to pass tax reform. And so that budget, that budget uh, m- uh, measure that was passed on Senate, which started to be passed by the House, basically tells them sort of how much money they can spend uh, over a period of 10 years and, and how, that, how that will be, be scored and, how, and sort of what, what assumptions can be part of that. And so it kind of presents sort of the shell, the overall shell that tax reform can be fit into. What's, what's interesting about tax reform at this point is I think they have a general consensus on what the bill is likely to include. I mean, at this point, they're trying to find out can they pass it with just Republican votes Will they lose any individual Republican senators? And if they lose any, do they need a Democrat or two? That's where you could perhaps go after someone like Joe Manchin of West Virginia or Heidi Heitkamp of North Dakota,
7: sure.
6: perhaps. Um, and so they're looking at the different the different levers that they have, whether it's child tax, child tax credit, whether it's the estate state tax, uh, whether it's state and local sales tax deduction, which is an important issue in high-tax states. So there's a number of pieces they're trying to put together. But I am very bullish, Brad, that they're going to get this done before the end of the calendar year and that the House is going to get it done before Thanksgiving. And they're now even discussing the U.S. Senate passing it first mm-hmm. and the House passing the Senate bill. That way they don't have to go to conference committee, which would delay uh, passage and, and, and the president's signature for, for weeks, if not months.
5: Okay, interesting. Yeah, definitely an issue to keep an eye upon. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of concerns on those who uh, sent a Republican majority back to Congress and got a Republican in the White House. That uh, you know, it's kind of been slow to come with some of the legislative victories, So we'll certainly uh, keep an eye on that. I'm uh, Matt. Again, we only have about 30 seconds. Again, appreciate your time being on the broadcast. Uh, any uh, any teasers you can kind of throw out there, Matt Mikowiak, and who's going to appear on the Mac on Politics uh, podcast? Always some heavy hitters you get on there. Uh, any uh, any guests that we can uh, anticipate, look forward to coming up?
6: Right. A couple of big names that we've been working on for, for several several weeks, names that your audience would know. But I'll, I'll mention that we just taped an episode with Beck Sexton, a former CIA analyst, former NYPD Intelligence Division analyst. So we do get into into quite a lot of detail about, uh, uh, the, the the fight with the Kurds, Iran, Iraq, the Iran deal, Syria, ISIS. That's the most recent episode. You can find the podcast on iTunes, uh, on Stitcher, on Google Play, and as you said, on the web at Mac M A C K dot com.
5: Fantastic. Well, we'll definitely look forward to those. As always, we appreciate your contributions here, Matt. So I imagine uh, that uh, the kind of reputation in the uh, that you have, you're able to draw in some of those heavy hitters. So we. Uh, Definitely appreciate those particular podcasts. Uh, Matt, always appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll look forward to talking again down the road. I look forward to it, Brad. Take care. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
8: Hate going to the mall? Try LaTote.com, a fashion subscription box that sends brand name clothing and accessories right to your door for one low monthly fee. Choose from brands like BCBG, Nike, Rebecca Minkoff, and more. All month long. Get unlimited totes each month. Simply wear, return, and repeat. Go to LaTote.com, enter code radio at checkout to get 50% off your first month. Wear what you want. Return everything in the mail when you're done. Repeat all month long. Again, that's LaTote.com, enter code radio.
10: I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets, and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market coupled with sound investment advice and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming
4: to the Minneapolis Marriott West, December 1st and 2nd. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com.
5: AM-1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another segment on the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM-1440, The Businessman. It is the King Banyan Show. That's Saturdays from 9 to 11 a.m. And Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280, The Patriot, on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance. I am the closer, closing out weekend programming every Sunday from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Hey, we got free stuff. Oh, yeah, we got free stuff. You love free stuff, don't you? Who doesn't? Uh, We have the uh, Minnesota Gospel Opry is in its fourth concert season. And we have a five-piece house band and singers that plays every month in addition to the special guests that are invited. This month, they have the J.C. Harold Band. Now, J.C. Harold is a multi-award-winning inspirational country music artist and musician. He's a tremendously skilled guitar player that has won him Musician of the Year. And guess what? We have a, a couple of, what is it, a couple of pairs of tickets in a four-pack? Something along those lines? All right. So, uh... Give us a call, 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. Just call in, and you win the tickets. It's it's the quickest to uh, who can get on speed dial, I guess. Normally, I, I make you work for it and answer a trivia question, but I don't really have one. But these are tickets to a gospel uh, opry. I mean, I'm not going to make you work for that. You need to go to something like this. This takes place on October 27th, which is a Friday. So it's this Friday. Okay, this Friday, October 27th at the Minnesota Gospel Opry. I believe it's at Oak Grove Middle School in Bloomington. So, again, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can win a two-pack of tickets. Uh, I think there's also a package of four that's available. So if you know of three friends that you want to bring along, uh, please feel free to call in. And you get those tickets uh, courtesy of us here at AM1280, The Patriot. And oh, yeah, by the way, hope to see a lot of you this Tuesday, in Evening with Elder. Larry Elder, National Radio Personality, heard on AM 1280 The Patriot Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Yeah, he's going to be here for a special event, a Patriot event, obviously called An Evening with Elder. And it's going to be moderated by Northern Alliance Radio Network alum Ed Morrissey. Just go to am1280thepatriot.com, click on the banner, and find out more information about tickets. You may have heard during the commercial, general admission tickets, the $15 tickets just to see the show, sold out. Like we told you they were going to be. Okay. We can't keep giving you these forewarnings. Four you know, we weren't bluffing. General admission tickets are sold out. Uh, the preferred seating in the meet and greet a- after event also sold out. Okay. But there are still a handful of tickets remaining for the VIP dinner, where it's a ticket that provides you with entry to the VIP dinner with Larry, including a three course meal and entrance and VIP seating for the main event, which starts at 7 p.m. Folks. Don't hesitate any longer, okay? The event's Tuesday night. Tickets are going to go quick. Again, go to am1280thepatriot.com. Click on the Evening with Elder banner and explore your ticket options. And if you want some more information, call our fantastic promotions person, Stacy. Her number is 651 289 4421, and she will give you more information about tickets, answer any questions you may have, and then put you in char- Put you in touch with a person who can actually provide you tickets. It's that simple, folks, and we look forward uh, to seeing you there. I want to get to a couple of other news items from this past week. I wrote a, b- a little bit about this at uh, at uh, bradcarlson.org about a uh, certain governor that uh, decided to veto a bill put forth by its uh, legislature. Apparently, the state legislature was attempting to codify an Obama-era ruling which essentially lowered the burden of proof for sexual assaults on campus. Now, you remember about a month ago, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos ended this ruling at the federal level. And basically... If this during the Obama administration, when this ruling that came forth that essentially lowered the burden of proof for uh, sexual assaults, if universities did not follow this particular directive, they were threatened to have their federal funds cut off. So think about that. You could basically have these kangaroo courts on campus that were adjudicating sexual assault accusations or charges and you basically were denying the accused his or her due process rights. And you're basically threatening to stain this student's academic record and thus make it more difficult to get into college and, and, or continue his or her education, jeopardizing job prospects. Well, Betsy DeVos, the education secretary, correctly looked, uh, said, no, we, we can't have that. You're, you're depriving students of their due process rights. And she gave a laundry list of about nine examples of how students were wrongly accused and how it adversely impacted their futures. And, of course, because DeVos is part of the Donald Trump administration, her common-sense directive was met with the obligatory lunacy and hyperbole, making it sound like it was open season for sexual assaults on campus. And I even I, I I had a friend of mine who uh wh- who was a uh, uh was a sexual assault victim back when she was in college, and when this when Betsy DeVos made this ruling, she was just stunned and outraged. And I'm not going to get into a political battle on Facebook with someone who was a sexual assault survivor. That's just bad optics. I I, I, I want an opportunity to talk to my friend in in, in private and kind of uh, kind of indicate what this ruling entails. Now she may have ascertained what it entails since then. I don't know, but it would just be bad form. Let's just let's just put it that way. But there is this legislature, state legislature, who was looking to pass some sort of legislation essentially codifying the old Obama ruling at the state level. And the state's governor actually came out and vetoed that. And here was his quote. He said, Well thoughtful legal minds might may have increasingly questioned whether federal and state actions to prevent and redress sexual harassment and assault, well-intentioned as they are, have also unintentionally resulted in some colleges' failure to uphold due process for the accused students. And so, when I read that quote, I said, "Well, ha, kudos to Scott Walker. You know, fantastic. Good, good on, good on Governor Walker." But then again, you know, ensuring laws don't infringe upon the due process clause in both the Fifth and 14 amendments to the Constitution, that would seemingly be a proverbial layup for a conservative governor. Because, like I said, expelling a student for a crime which wasn't adequately adjudicated could unnecessarily and, I dare say, unjustly jeopardize the accused's future. And then I read a little further into the story. I'm like, wait, what? You You mean the governor in question is not Governor Walker of Wisconsin? Let me read the rest of the quote. Depriving any student of higher education opportunities should not be done lightly or out of fear of losing state or federal funding, says. Governor Jerry Brown of California? The heck you say? A One of the more pro, you know, scare quotes, not scare quotes, aren't good on radio. Progressive governors in the United States even recognizes that this Obama administration ruling Severely undermined due process. So can we finally move aside from the chanting points? As David French said at NationalReview.com, can can we finally agree that Betsy DeVos isn't a rape apologist? I mean, seriously, that kind of lunacy and hyperbole was shouted from the hills when, when this ruling happened. And I'll read a part of David French's piece here at nationalreview.com. Concern over Title IX abuse is now officially, unequivocally, bipartisan. The other day, California Governor Jerry Brown, arguably the nation's most powerful leader of the hashtag resistance, vetoed a state bill that would have imposed constitutionally suspect Obama-era Title IX guidance on California public schools, mandating that they satisfy the lowest burden of proof in sexual harassment and sexual assault adjudications, defining sexual harassment far too broadly and failing to adequately protect fundamental due process rights. Brown's veto message was remarkable. After noting that he'd already signed an affirmative consent bill into law, he said this, Since this law was enacted, however, thoughtful legal minds have increasingly questioned whether federal and state actions to prevent and redress sexual harassment and assault well-intentioned as they are, have also unintentionally resulted in some colleges' failure to uphold due process for accused students. Depriving any student of higher education opportunities should not be done lightly or out of fear losing state or federal funding. I know I read that quote earlier, but I wanted to reread it now that you have the context, that it was Governor Moonbeam. Yes, the governor nicknamed Governor Moonbeam actually conveyed this. And I'll read some more of David French's piece. Uh, Brown is exactly right. In fact, universities have faced dozens of adverse court rulings from judges across the ideological spectrum, holding that they have denied due process to accused students. Thoughtful professors, again, from across the ideological spectrum, have signed open letters condemning the lack of due process in campus sexual assault adjudications. Indeed, the progressive dissent from Obama's policies is so pronounced that a Boston Globe headline recently asked, why are some feminists siding with Trump on sexual assault policy? So there you go. And obviously this is a really serious issue in light of the revelations coming out of Hollywood, particular of Harvey Weinstein's uh, long history of awful behavior, sexual harassment, sexual assault of women in the entertainment industry. So, uh, you know, again, kudos, kudos to Governor Brown. You know, he this is this and it's unfortunate that it takes a progressive governor speaking with common sense and citing that Constitution thingy that actually makes people see the light. OK, but there you have it. If, if, if that's what it takes, because, again, we, we've seen also examples on the other extreme about the, you know, the Duke lacrosse team. And what they went through were, well, I mean, that's a little different situation in that where there was an attorney that was a willing accomplice to flat-out fabricate evidence on behalf of the accuser. And thankfully, uh, the Duke lacrosse team, in a court of law, was exonerated for that. Or at the University of Vir- Virginia a couple of years ago. Remember the Rolling Stone article about a young woman named Jackie t- 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 telling a very graphic story about how she was... A gang raped at a a frat house turned out to be a hoax, okay? But yet, if we were to keep these old Obama-era rulings in place where the burden of proof was significantly lowered, it would perhaps invite more fabricated stories like this that, again, could jeopardize, unjustly jeopardize, an accused's future. So, again, uh, I can't say kudos enough to... uh, Uh, To Governor Jerry Brown, I've had uh, many criticisms of him, particularly on on this very show, but uh, this one he got right, so kudos. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can text your comments or questions at 651-243-0390 or weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARN. Brad Carlson, The Closer, right here in the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere.
3: AM
1: 1280, The Patriot.
3: Are you sitting in traffic going to or from a job you don't like? Or maybe love your job, but don't make enough money to pay the bills. Learn to make a second income, trading just like Wall Street at Online Trading Academy. We'll teach you to confidently grow and protect your money so you live life the way you want to and never run out of money in retirement. Register for our free trading and investing class on your cell phone at pound 250. Just say the keyword OTA. Or register at LearnWithOTA.com.
8: Message and data rates may apply. Oh my gosh, that's Frank Thomas. No. Yes, that's him. Go ahead. Excuse me, are you Frank Thomas? Yes, I am. I bet you get recognized a lot.
1: I was a pretty good ball player. You were? Some people thought so.
8: Sorry, we recognize you from those NuGenics
1: commercials. Oh yeah? That's great.
8: So does NuGenics really work?
1: Oh yeah, I really can feel the difference. My workouts are better and I feel a lot more energetic.
8: I wish my
10: husband would use Nugenics. It's so easy to get started. All you have to do is send one simple text.
1: Text the word PRIME22 to 321321 for a complimentary bottle of award-winning Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. Its unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to help a man feel stronger, leaner, more energetic, and more passionate. And you're going to like the difference, too. Text PRIME22 to 321321 for a complimentary bottle of Nugenics. Samples are Not available in
3: stores. Text PRIME22 to 321321.
8: Message and data rates may apply.
3: Remembering when to change your fridge filter is a hassle. Remembering the right filter is almost impossible. So at Filters Fast, we have some good advice for you. Forget it. Instead, remember this. Text WATER11 to 543-543 and check fridge filters off your to-do list forever. You can get it all taken care of for a fraction of big box store prices with a Filters Fast brand filter. Even better, right now you can get your first filter free plus free shipping. Text WATER11 to 543-543. With a huge range of brand and non-brand filters available, Filters Fast is the nation's largest filter home delivery company. You can get a Filters Fast brand filter for a fraction of the price delivered to your door every time you need it. No need to remember. It's not a matter of if you need a fridge filter. Why not text to get it taken care of? And why not get your first filter free? Find out how by texting WATER11 to five four three five four three. That's W-A-T-E-R-11 to 543-543.
4: You work hard for your money, so make sure your money is working hard for you. Our sister station, Business 1440, brings you financial advice from pros like Dave Ramsey, Bill Gunderson, and the Twin Cities' own Financial Fortitude and Investing for Success. With up-to-the-minute market updates, real estate tactics, and tips on investing and saving, Business 1440 will keep more of that hard-earned cash in your pocket. Learn more and listen live at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com.
5: Hey, welcome back. I'm the Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Brandon, why didn't you wear a Ravens jersey to kind of taunt me, knowing that I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan? I know you wore a Seahawks jersey that time they were playing the Seahawks in the I playoffs. a T-shirt on. Oh, a T-shirt. Okay. Well, fair <laughs> was, enough,
3: fair enough. I'm not very confident in my team this year. <laughs>
5: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Hey, folks, just want remind reminder that we do have a couple of uh, two-packs of tickets to give away to the Minnesota Gospel Opry. This month, the Gospel Opry has the J.C. Harold Band. J.C. Harold is a multi-award-winning inspirational country artist and musician. He is a tremendously skilled guitar player that has won him Musician of the Year. Folks, just call us, 651-289-4488, and you get a couple of tickets to the Minnesota Gospel Opry. Again, I looked it up, Oak Grove Middle School in Bloomington is where this takes place on Friday, October 27th. Uh, Give us a call. I'm not sure of the time, but Brandon can provide that information to you, I'm sure. Sorry to put you under pressure there, Brandon. (laughs) But give us a call for a pair of tickets to see the J.C. Herald Band at the Minnesota Gospel Opry. Uh, I actually am traveling for work uh, starting that evening, so I am not able to go, unfortunately. I had the opportunity to go, but uh, traveling for work, I have other plans. Speaking of which, I will not be here next Sunday. Mitch Berg will be filling in for me. Uh, at this time slot next Sunday as I will be uh, traveling for my uh, full-time job, uh, or as we just like to say, I'm on assignment. That's just kind of a general description whenever Mitch or I are going, we're on assignment. So I guess I'm on assignment is the, is the best way of saying this. Uh, I, I want to address one thing, and I kind of mentioned this in the NARN pre-show. I do a NARN pre-show on Facebook Live at the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page every Sunday. And the one thing that I got to thinking about this past week was there was at one point where Nancy Pelosi talked about how she wished Mitt Romney was president. And I'm thinking to myself, well, Speaker Pelosi, you had a chance to elect him. He was running in 2012. Why wasn't he elected? Oh, that's right, uh, because uh, your uh, favorite Democrat, the only Democrat that's been able to win consistently, Barack Obama, uh, was running for re-election. And, of course, George W. Bush gave a very powerful speech uh, talking about the rise of bigotry in this day and age in America and how it's been emboldened. And many people thought looked at that as kind of a passive-aggressive swipe at Donald Trump. And he ever mentioned President Trump by name, but if you go back and watch and listen to George W. Bush's speech, uh, he was as equally tough in some of his rhetoric that could have been directly directed at liberals. Okay? So if you're a Trump supporter... Trump apologist even, and you took offense at what George W. Bush says. Uh, you might want to kind of think to you might want to kind of really take a step back and think to yourself why are you taking offense at that. Just just wanted to kind of throw that out there. And of course, John McCain is once again back to being every Democrat's favorite Republican. He was savaged when he was ru- actually running because he had the audacity to run against Barack Obama in two thousand eight, and all of a sudden, a lot of these despicable stories that turned out to be debunked came out against John McCain. So kind of a strange new respect for Mitt Romney, John McCain, and George W. Bush. Well, here's, here's the thing that I'm noticing. Uh, it's analogous to The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Brandon, you familiar with The Boy Who Cried Wolf? I hope everybody still is. You know, it's the tale that concerns a shepherd boy who repeatedly tricks nearby villagers into thinking wolves are attacking his flock. And then when a wolf actually does appear and the boy again calls for help, The villagers believe that it is another false alarm and the sheep are eaten by the wolf. It's kind of the premise of it. It's been kind of revised over the years. I think the wolf ended up eating the boy himself or other villagers. I don't, you know, there's been several variations of that. But the point is, is that crying wolf refers to a boy that kept crying wolf. Villagers came running two or three times. And when he cried wolf, when there was really a wolf there, they didn't believe him anymore. And it's kind of analogous to a lot of the leftist freak out toward Donald Trump. He personifies a lot of what you were saying about George W. Bush, John McCain, and Mitt Romney. I mean, think about it. What are some of the things that were said about those three men that all ran for, uh, as a Republican presidential candidate in the 21st century before Donald Trump? You know, they're laborless cold or heartless or out of touch with the common man or warmongers, that sort of thing. President Bush was, you know, the liar in chief. I mean, Go back and look it up. I mean, Matt McCoveyak alluded it to our our chat, alluded to alluded to it in our chat, where Mitt Romney was roundly ridiculed for calling Russia as our number one geopolitical foe. You know, President Obama is even you know the 1980s called they want the foreign policy back, that sort of thing. Well, you could argue that a lot of those things that I've just described, how GOP candidates were labeled, you know, cold, heartless, out of touch, liar, whatever. You could argue and make a case that Donald Trump personifies all those. But here's the thing. While you're legit in your shrieking over Donald Trump and how it turns leftists into frothing kooks, lest we forget, you pretty much were the same way towards George Bush, John McCain, and Mitt Romney. Essentially, you're crying wolf. Because they're they're falling on deaf ears, your concerns, because you use this for every Republican presidential candidate in the 21st century. You have used this. So your concerns are falling on deaf ears. Is what I'm saying, however legit they may be. I can even substantiate some of what you're saying about President Trump. There are some things about President Trump can't defend, won't defend. I found myself defending George W. Bush a heck of a lot more than I'm defending Donald Trump when it comes to leftist verbal attacks. But here's here's one thing I want to pose. I'm not asking for a phone call. We only have a minute left anyways. But there are leftists out there that listen to the show. I know because I get your, occasionally get your tweets. You have called in in the past, not recently. But I know you're out there. Ask yourself this. If you could go back and change history, would you be okay with Mitt Romney defeating Barack Obama in 2012 and then being up for re-election in 2016 in being elected president, re elected president in 2016, if it ensured Donald Trump never saw the light of day as commander in chief? Would you do it? I'm just asking, thinking about it. As much as you stooped to touch the hem of Obama's garment, as much as you revered him, do you have that much hatred, disdain for Donald Trump? That you now wish Mitt Romney would have been elected in 2012, thus thwarting Barack Obama's reelection prospects, and then Romney being up for reelection in 2016. Just ask yourself that. Be honest with yourself. I'm just curious. AM 1280 The Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Again, folks, I am out next Sunday. Be back in a couple of weeks. Mitch Berg will be here in my stead next Sunday, the 29th. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves
10: a blessed week. Closing
7: time.
10: Turn all of the lights.
0: We all know Minnesota is a great state to live and work in, but what if we're falling behind? At Americans for Prosperity Foundation, we're sharing lessons and reforms from around the country, from tax reform to school funding to corporate welfare that will put Minnesota back on track and ensure everyone gets their chance at the American dream. Check out DoBetterMinnesota.com.
1: That's DoBetterMinnesota.com. Americans for Prosperity Foundation, Saturday evenings at 6 on AM 1280, The Patriot.
0: Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today.
8: Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. If you're a sleep apnea sufferer who's on the go, go to your phone and call right now to try the world's first portable mini CPAP device. Absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights. It's the Transcend mini CPAP. An engineering marvel that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. Its unique design is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. No more dragging around a big, bulky CPAP. Even better, now you can try Transcend absolutely risk-free for 10 restful nights by calling minicpap.com, 1-800-915-2344. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. You can also add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. So now you can enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. But don't wait. To receive your 10-night in-home trial, call Minicpap.com now. 1-800-915-2344. That's 1-800-915-2344.
3: Coo, coo, coo,
1: coo, coo, coo. Welcome to our show, eh? Hey, good day to you too, eh? It's hot tub season again. Love it. Cool nights, hanging out with the family in the backyard. It's the perfect way to end your day. You know it. And Premier Pool and Spa has your hot tub waiting for you, eh? Your hot tub
4: should be an Arctic Spa built in Canada for these Minnesota winters.
1: Yup, come and see the total difference in an Arctic spa. Yeah, visit Premier Pool and Janasson today at Premierpools.com. Premier Pool and Spa where we take fun seriously at Premierpools.com. Take off, eh? This is AM 12.